Mark My Words shares Mark Homer's contrarian views on investing, business, finance, economics, and all things money. Mark interviews the world's most successful business, finance, and money experts, as well as imparting his knowledge in a factual, direct, and no-nonsense manner. Welcome to Mark My Words, and here is your host, Mark Homer. Pleasure. So thanks, Mark, for joining us. I know you're a really busy guy. So we'll get straight into it. First off, I wanted to ask you about your book, Low Cost, High Life. And in there's a phrase you use, which I absolutely love, uh, where you say champagne lifestyle for lemonade money. Can you share with us the underlying concept behind that? Um, Do you want to just explain to the listeners a little bit about that concept, what's behind it? Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, right from an early age, my dad was, he was so tight, you you wouldn't believe it. Um, and he sort of instilled some of that in me. Um, so, you know, certainly for the, you know, first portion of my life, you know, making money often was about saving money as well. Um, yeah. um, but I wanted to, you know, have a good lifestyle. And um, I saw lots of people around me enjoying lots of things. And, you know, to me, I suppose the two biggest costs would be your house and your car mm-hmm. um, and then lots of other things. So I sort of thought, well, I can still live, you know, Karen living... I suppose, in, in, a, in a way which my dad, you know, taught me to, would have wanted me to. But, you know, I, I can still carry on investing lots of my money, saving lots of money, uh, which may, made and makes me very happy, uh, whilst, you know, sort of living a bit better. So that sort of enabled me to do that. So, yeah, the, the sort of low-cost, high-life, champagne lifestyle, lemonade wages, that... that um, <laughs> That, that, that's where that came from, really. And yeah. you talk about delayed gratification as well with the concept. Would you like to go into that in a little bit more detail? Yeah, so really this is just about you know, building um, assets for income streams and, and sort of equity and, and making lots of money um, for the future. And, you know, save a pound today, you know, don't, don't spend it. Um, <clears throat> that's going to be worth a hell of a lot more in 10 years, 20 years, 40 years. Um, you know, advice, what I think yeah. now might be a bit, little bit different today versus <clears throat> when I was 20, um, because maybe I feel like half of my life's gone now. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm still in building mode, but maybe I'm not, uh, I'm not saving. Well, I don't know. I don't know what percentage it is, but maybe I'm not saving quite as much uh, as a percentage of, of, you know, what I take in yeah. as maybe I did in my, my earlier years, even if you see what I mean. Would you say now you're spending more of your money for enjoyment or are you saving more of your money? You know what, as a percentage, maybe I am still saving what I was, but I'm certainly spending more money in absolute terms on just, I have to, don't I? I've got a wife, I've got a child uh, (laughs) who will be going to school. I've got, you know, a a house which is, you know, not unsubstantial in terms of size. So, you know, looking after it and cleaning it and all this other stuff. Um, that I seem to have attracted into my life is is, is costing money. Uh, when we go on holiday now, <clears throat> I'm still into all my points. I, I love it all, but I made sure that we, you know, we always travel like business class or first class using Avios. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've started hiring really nice villas, you know, so that we can go and take the parents and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, probably, I probably, I do spend a bit more now, but... Um, so, I mean, it's fair to say you had a pretty atypical upbringing, really. It was a very yeah. frugal lifestyle, as you just alluded yeah. to. I mean, what, what kind of lessons did you did you gain from that and how have they helped you um, in later life? 
Well, I mean, it, it was very frugal, but then I got to see the sort of other side of life as well. So I, was, I grew up in uh, in um, Indonesia. I was, I was in sort of Singapore and, you know, dad was really, really tight, but he had a, a good job. So, mm-hmm. you know, he'd have a job and they pay for certain things. So they pay for sort of five house stuff and a couple of drivers and all that sort wow. of thing. But then, um, you know, and I went to a really good school when we were there. But, you know, we'd go out for lunch on a Saturday and my dad would sort of pile the salad, you know, <laughs> like it'd, it'd be like a, he'd use his sort of engineering skills to, so he didn't have to pay for a, a second salad bowl. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> um, Fantastic. And, um, you know, they'd come along and, and ask him to pay for a second one and he'd have some reason why, you know. And it, it was like that all the time, you know, he'd argue with the policeman for sort of half an hour as to why he wasn't going to get his three pound bribe because my dad took a left turn where he wasn't supposed to. Yeah. Sort of, whereas all the other, you know, um, for, uh, English people had just put, put three quid out the window and that'd be the end of it. Do you see yeah. what I mean? So they're just sort of examples of how, how we, you know, he used to live. And when he came back to England, he found it incredibly difficult um, to fit into this society. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, um, um, on that note, the frugality <coughs> aspect. Um, I know yeah. Di's got a question. She's she's dying yeah. to ask you. Actually, I don't think yeah. you want to. Yeah. Um, as a as a bargain hunter, do you do you shop in shops like B and M Bargains and Poundland, and do you go to that extreme? You know, when you've got wealth, do you go to the other extreme? If that makes sense. Well, okay. I'll tell you how that works. So obviously, I've I've been in both B and M was one of my tenants that they're in one of my buildings oh, fantastic yeah. yeah so and actually i bought another building that i was just discussing with you uh the tenant in there was poundland until i booted them out because they were refusing to pay any rent um so yes I, I go in the men every now and again they're not my favorite shops um and i'll explain why they're um, more lambrusco aren't they <laughs> than yeah so i like value yeah um, and, and clearly there's loads of stuff sort of with a bit of value in there, but general go shopping every week. And I've, I've got them going into Morrison's, you know, and she'll, she'll go into Waitrose for some stuff. Um, but you know, I, I, I tend to sort of keep it going in there, but I'll tell you where I went earlier on this week. I went to Costco. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really, actually that was my first time, but I, I knew I was going to love it. Cause so many people have said, you you that sort of place for me is just great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I bought, um, I bought a year's supply of everything because Gemma sort of leaves that stuff to me because I I've always I used to buy two years worth of toilet rolls, kitchen rolls, toilet rolls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, dishwasher tablets, yeah. um, washing machine liquid, um, you know, uh, razors. Uh, um, I guess all non-perishable, yeah. right? Every every, every non-perishable work. item that. Yeah. that and before I even met Gemma, that was my sort of procedure, two years with the non-perishable, because I don't want to even think about it. Yeah. Two years, and it's the cheapest way to do it. Um, so I, I, she'd been on to me. She was like, oh, go and get some more razors. So I, I had an, uh, sort of an hour in the afternoon. So I drove to Leicester. I went to to, uh, to Costco, and I, I think I bought 60 razors. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of shaving like, going on there, Mark. Yeah, but they're like 180 a razor, and it's just done in two hours. Do you see what I mean? I haven't got to listen to that again, you know, and it's sort of time saved, really. Yeah. Um, and I bought a whole load, and I've realised now they deliver as well. So oh, wow. actually, Costco's my new favourite. Yeah. Um, but, um, 
yeah i i mean yeah poundland's all right but i wouldn't yeah like you say i if i want some wine I, i'm never going to get it in there i like yeah it's nice all about value and, it is. and bulk buying i, I do the same yeah. mark I, I, yeah. I love bulk buying the only problem is if i'm doing it on my own it's hard for one person to do it so i'm, I'm trying to drag yeah. kurt to help me do the bulk do buying because i get yeah. why would you buy you know, only four toilet rolls you yeah. know, for six pounds when you can buy bulk and it's so much cheaper. It doesn't it's make not sense like, to me. It doesn't make any sense no. because you're definitely using all that stuff. If you've got the storage, yeah, yeah, you know, the back and forth and messing around, the journeys to back and you know, and the, the thought space to pay more exactly. is illogical. The whole thing is illogical. So for non-perishable items, I that yeah, I, I'll do that. But of course, with all the food and stuff, general want to get what shorts to get and. You know, um, yeah, I, I, I don't really... I tend to find with Costco, the problem is that you, you end up going in there with the best intentions, but you come out with a load of stuff that you just that's probably you. don't need. So Yeah, that, maybe that's someone else me. said that to me the other day, but I, I managed to just keep it to, yeah, what what, what we need that time. Um, I saw they did tyres, but they won't fit my car. Uh, I quite like the idea of that. <clears throat> but, yeah, so okay, <clears throat> really getting getting value, and I, I absolutely love travel, um, you know, and only ever flew economy apart from very occasionally got upgraded or where, where I hurt my leg, the insurance company paid for me to come back business class once. And my dad had always been like, Oh, we want to get up the front or in, you know, in the mega top, you know, somehow. <laughs> um, you know, but it, all through my childhood, you know, I'd be looking at the plane out and my dad would be there and we do full, you know, sort of um, takeoff procedures and everything like this. And I just wanted to, uh, be able to travel around and you know but it, it not necessarily cost me more and when i when i learned about points yeah. and avios uh it just it, it was like everything just suddenly came together i can i can fly for 600 quid a person business or first as long as you're a book a year ahead and i'm going to stay somewhere really good if i get all the marriott points you know so that's that that fitted really well yeah so- uh, to, to, yeah. to ask a question on that is because again I do the same I, I've got a credit card to pay all our monthly bills you know our, our shopping our fuel and so forth <laughs> and it's a credit card but I get points it's the Amex one so I get the points yeah. so I get the cash back and my philosophy is well if I'm going to pay it anyway I'll pay it off on a monthly basis I'll, I'll do it on a credit card yeah but what do you think you know to, to the audience you know who might be scared to get a credit card or feel they might be getting debt or you know and they should have a, a debit card instead. What's your thoughts on? Yeah. I think you absolutely need to set it up on direct debit for full payment every month. And that's got to be non-negotiable, really. So, you know, get a credit card, but, it, you know, the full balance is cleared every month. And yeah. if if you find it hard to keep track, um, make weekly payments. Just go on there and, and pay it off. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's got to be the way forward so that you can sort of learn financial discipline. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the benefits with those cards, you know, there's a whole process. I, I this is, You'll find a YouTube video of me talking about Avios with yeah, um, yeah, Ian Wardley. I've done quite a lot and this is on my podcast as well. It, you know, it takes time and you've got to learn it and it, it, it um, you've, you've really got to have a, a want to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah. Okay, so... So when, when did you first, you know, have your entrepreneurial tendencies? When did they start to appear? Uh, was well, it at a young age? And then and how yeah. they progressed? Yeah. So I was, I, I don't know, let's say I was, I don't know, seven or eight when we went back to Indonesia. And, and 
I would have thought by then I was seeing the other life. So my dad was incredibly tight. Yeah. But when we arrived, the he worked for BP. So they put us in the um, Borobudur. It's an intercontinental hotel. Mm-hmm. And we, we lived in there for six months. And I could just oh. go in the sort of delicatessen and all this and just buy one one and all this. I was like, shit, this is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> compared, to, yeah. compared to my dad, who's like, and of course, all the food was, you know, every, there were like 10 restaurants and we could go in any of them and the company just paid for it all. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> to the extent that my mum wasn't allowed to go to the supermarket and buy any food, they put us in an apartment in the hotel, like a suite. But, you know, I, I remember the other sort of families there working for British Petroleum, every, you know, on a Saturday night, whatever, they'd, they'd go in and have scrambled eggs, you know, or, or for lunch or whatever. And I remember my dad just sitting there just like, it's so confusing. They're in their apartment having scrambled eggs when this is all free. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, complete confusion and um, absolutely crazy, you know, crazy behaviour. And, um, you know, he wouldn't be that black and white about it all. Um, and, of course, now I can totally understand that. That's exactly what I'd want to do every now and again because you just want to go and watch a bit of TV and just yeah. relax, don't you? And, and you, want, you want a bit of a change. So... I sort of got to see that and a lot of the other kids there obviously I was at the sort of British school and they weren't entrepreneurs but there were you know they they were working, especially the ones working for the American oil companies they had massive houses and yeah. you know whereas I don't know you'd have some of us they were all called servants a few of us would have I don't know three or four or whatever they'd have 10 you know what I mean the American right. yeah. yeah and it was and I just used to see it all and I was like this is unreal um, but of course, there were still employees, but mm. just not living out there on good, really good wages. Companies paying everything, and critically, huge thing, none of them were paying any tax. Yeah, yeah. because you, you, you're non-resident in the UK, so there's no tax to pay here. And then when you go there, there's there's always an agreement as part of the visa that you don't get taxed. Do you see mm. what I mean? So my dad had done thirty years of this, living in loads of asia loads of africa you know he started in iran and he'd not paid tax for 30 years um oh, so yeah. you know to him hmrc it was just like oh you yeah. know yeah. mention the word, he, he would even like just yeah. a shiver would yeah. even do the movement you know what i mean yeah. oh we don't we don't get involved with them do you know what i mean <laughs> you don't want to work in england you've got to deal with them you know it's the devil you know so uh stay out of their clutches you stay abroad you know and all this so um, He's not written a book by any chance, has he, Mark? Oh no, he hasn't. No, <laughs> he's still no, alive no. and well. I'm assuming. I, I don't no, assume. He, no, he's not. He, oh, he's not he, okay. um, no, he, he died when I was 23. So, um, oh, you know, yeah. quite okay. a few years ago. Yeah. So we came back to England, and then I went to boarding school after that mm-hmm. sort of experience, and that was different because most of those guys had even more money, parents, bigger lifestyles, and. Yeah almost all of them had their own businesses. Yeah. Like, you know, through my life, I got to see both quite a few times. And you can imagine they all had good sized businesses because mm-hmm. they had to be able to afford the school fees and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I started talking to their dads and started to see how they lived their lives and realized that that was the only way that I was really going to make proper money and yeah. have the life I wanted. That leads uh, me nicely into the next question about Ken, because yeah. I know you had, uh, when you came back, yeah. you you had a friend called Sam. I think yeah. Sam and yourself started importing cars. cars. Um, yeah, but did, it yeah. seemed to me that it was a little bit analogous to the, the rich dad, poor dad 
um, scenario yeah. Yeah. and, yeah. and like Sam's that. father yeah. Ken was uh, obviously entrepreneurial yeah. so how yeah. much of an influence did, did Ken have on you? Well, he taught us loads of stuff and it was always sort of back to basics type, you know, right, you want to work out what cars there are and then go there and and then ring all the, you know, dealers in England, put some fake adverts up in the auto trader and gauge the response. And then, do you know what I mean? It was proper rudimentary stuff, which we could understand. You know, every time we went on holiday, he'd insist on us bringing stuff back in the bag. Do you know what I mean? And then you know, sell it in the factory. Do you know what I mean? And obviously he'd be doing it mainly for his own lad, but if I was with him, we'd both do the same thing. Do you see what I mean? So, and because I suppose he came from a life of thrift, um, you know, but had this big business, his head was still in that zone. Do you see what I mean? And he could do it in a format that we understood. Do you Mm. see what I mean? So it sounds and like you were being interested. nurtured and then and you were embracing it though. You you were wanting yeah. to do it. So if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, exactly. And my dad was yeah, never into it. Well, was... my dad was never into it, but he loved right. it. Yeah. <clears throat> because when we, whenever we were in Asia, like um when we were in Asia, obviously there were loads of Chinese, especially Chinese Indonesians who would have businesses and would be really doing doing really well. And my dad loved it all and loved mm. sort of you know, he socialised with them and all that sort of thing and whatever. And he used to sort of take me along and, and sort of, oh, well, they've got this business and they're doing really well and you want to watch them. Do you know what I mean? I don't know how it works. I don't know quite how to do it, but you want to learn from them. Do you know what I mean? So um, he'd be encouraging me. And obviously when I was doing all this stuff um, with with the cars and stuff, he'd, he, he would he'd encourage it. I mean, you know, a couple of the cars, one of them I had to, you know, I found it hard to sell and he, my dad would quite enjoy, you know, oh, well, you can't sell it now, can you? <laughs> he had to get involved and help me sell it and all that, you know. Yeah. Usual, you know. You oh, know. fantastic. Think about what you're doing, you know. <laughs> so that, that's sort of, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I would be buying socks off them because they would be importing them from their factories in Turkey and China. Um, I mean, one year, university we actually went to china because they hadn't got a factory there and to to start forging new relationships and then they ended up getting a local partner and they 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 um, built a factory with him um so i learned quite a lot out of that i mean that that was a little bit later on but yeah just watching them you know just go out into the middle of nowhere and buy a piece of land and obviously with the local partner but the local partner's dad's in the regional government, you know, and he's head of this or whatever. And, you know, trying to basically trying to not, I mean, the first one shafted them, which I would have got quite upset about. And of course his dad did, but you could just see his dad had already expected, you know, they, 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 they were, they were trying three out, do you know what I mean? And until they found the one they could trusted and trust yeah. and they could actually do business with, do you know what I mean? So it was all a bit left field, I guess, at the time, it was totally opposite to but, what you'd been, well, sort of, yeah. sort of, but we'd, I'd lived in Asia and it's all sort of ramshackle and you, you know, like here there's a process and there's, oh, you do this and you go to business school and then you set a business up and it's, there's none of that. And there's none of that in that environment. There's none of that in Asia. It's just, well, you've got this, mm. you can buy it for that. You can sell it for that. Just cobble it all together and make it work. And then, and then make the thing, fix the thing and make it perfect later. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So that's that's sort of you know where I've got all that and that's I'm still a bit like that now I'll you know just just crack on and yeah, yeah there's more risk I'm sure but 
it does sound like you just kind of crack yeah. on mm -hmm. and, and, yeah. and do it where a lot of people i think yeah. will sit back and procrastinate but as yeah. you're talking it's just like you're just doing it and seeing what happens it. of course yeah. you've got intelligence behind it but you've it yeah. sounds to me like you've got like the mindset well mm. i'm just going to do it and see yeah. what happens it's the start exactly. start now get perfect later mentality yeah isn't it? you've got yeah. to do that obviously as you go on you you instinctively can see more risks and yeah. see more problems and whatever else but if you start small then the mistakes are going to be smaller aren't they yeah yeah um, but yeah asia definitely helped me with all that because um it's, you know it's just it's dysfunctional isn't it yeah. you know you you know you go out in the morning you want to get across town you know the policeman doesn't want you to do that you know i'm sure lots of people will sort of look down on me for saying this but you know you pay that bribe that's done that's fixed you, you won't get anything done there unless you do mm. you go across the other side of town you suddenly find there's a, a bloody stream, you know, blocking your way and you can't go. So then you've got to, you know, get, get, get a local and ask them, how do we get around this? Cause there's no sat nav. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. have a chat with them and maybe they want something or they want something for their family. Do you see what I mean? And then you, you, you know, you find the other route around it. It's just, No, yeah. you're not giving no, up, are you? Not, not giving up, exactly. Yeah. Just just keep on, keep on keeping on. Yeah. 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 So, so that leads me to another <laughs> one of my random questions, Mark. So in true undercover billionaire style, because we're watching at the moment uh, the second series with Grant Cardone. He popped up on the screen a couple of nights ago and uh, I suddenly saw him. Yeah, I was like, shit, that's Grant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I quite like if you do, if you are watching. I like um, is it Elaine Pilotti. Yeah, Elaine. she's good. Yeah. And she's got grit. She doesn't give up. Wow, and she yeah. gets her hands dirty. If you, yeah, if you, you do watch it, you she's sort of got to get your hands dirty. Yeah. So, yeah. so my question is, if you had to start all over again, and yeah. you just had a hundred pounds, only a hundred pounds, a car, yeah. you can have a BMW if you want, uh, <laughs> and a mobile, but you've got no contacts in there. What would you do, and why? Um. But I've got the knowledge that I've yes. got. Yes, I'm going to give you the yeah, knowledge. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I'd, I'd roll around and try and find some good JV partners um, to, to get the money. Mm. Um, so I'd, I'd show them what I'd done because I've got the benefit of that. Yeah. Uh, and the knowledge in my head. Uh, and I'd, I'd, I'd probably go at at least five of them and say, look, I can do the same thing all over again. I've just lost all my money for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you come in with me, you put the money in and I'll probably go halves with you. I'll, I'll, I'll spend all my time doing it and, uh, and recreating what I did before. Uh, I'll make it better. These are the areas in which I think there are new opportunities. Um, yeah, that's what I do. I think most people forget, don't they, when, you know, if you haven't got any money, you just assume, well, what, what can I bring to the party? But of course, you've either got time, knowledge or money. So That's as it. long as you've got one of those three, there's always yeah. someone potentially that you can, you know, partner, you partner up with. with. Exactly. Um, just generally, what would you say are the best and worst pieces of advice you've been given in business today? Um, yeah. It's, um, it's a tough one, I know. it's. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, I... I really like the. Um, I mean, I've got I've, this. Uh, th this is this is one of my favourite little. Um, let's have a listen to this, and it, it it just touches on what Di said there. Ten steps to success. Good morning, good health. Try, try again. Try once more. Try a little differently. Try it again tomorrow. Try and ask for help. Try and find someone who's done it. 
try to determine what's not what is not working try to determine what is working and just keep trying that's brilliant um, yeah so you know perseverance is yeah. being consistent turning up yeah exactly um so i think that's that's brilliant um i, I love that um yeah and and got a building on props all this stuff just lays in my lap mm. of course immediately you're non-compliant aren't you um yeah. now of course i suspect in that scenario you've you've probably not you know it would be understood wouldn't it you know yeah. you, you used a main contract and they went into liquidation but you've got to sort things out very quickly and of course you get onto the insurer you start getting the broker sorted you start but you know, there's always going to be a pat on the back. No, no, it, 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 I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, I, I've, I've got my car seven years old now, um, <clears throat> seven or eight years old. And one of, one of the reasons for that is I'm sort of internally, um, you know, I feel like I'll deserve a new one once, yeah. I've, once I've finished it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know, it's really, in, you know, compared to, I'm making decisions every day which are tens of thousands some of them hundred you know one month december's drawdown from the bank one month was 1.1 million pounds of construction yeah yeah so it's not about the money but it is a that's probably what i'll do die i'll probably have a little celebration with Gemma, and then i'll feel like i deserve a new car yeah Yeah. reward yourself isn't it yeah right yeah. I mean, who, who in the business world do you sort of look up to or you know get inspiration from is there anybody that you know um I mean, I watch Warren quite a lot. I, I I've started watching Charlie Munger more. Yeah, uh, I think I he's the like, brains of the operation, isn't he? Yeah, I quite like him yeah. actually. And and actually, I prefer the honesty. You know, what Warren's very good at. You know, basically getting my wife, etc. Going, oh, isn't he lovely, and all the rest of it, <laughs> um, which is fine. But I just really want to hear, you know, Charlie just blurts all this stuff out, which is controversial. And I just think, yeah, it's probably the truth. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I, I like those two. I mean, it's not as, you know, it, it, it's often good, isn't it, to have people that are doing stuff that you want to do that's very specific. Mm. And they're, you know, they're in America, they're multi-billionaires, they're, they're 90s and they invest in companies. So it's a bit removed. Yeah. Um, so there's always sort of local um, entrepreneurs or, you know, you, as you mentioned, Ken, those kind of people that, yeah. um, <clears throat> but as you go on, you sort of, I don't know, you I move. I mean, do you have mentors today different. still, or are you kind of beyond that now? You know, you've, you've gone as far as you want to go. I have friends. Yeah. yeah. I have friends who yeah. um, I'd talk to um, and they sort of give me ideas. Mm. Andrea, Andreas Paniotto is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't see him very often, but, you know, he did do 8,000 flats um, mm. and he has got, and he kept them, um, you know, and he has got, he's got a hotel here. He's got them all over the place, you know? And um, so people like him are pretty cool, I think. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. That, that's just generally how I, 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 I've got a couple of, you know, the builder in, in um, just around where I live. He, he builds a, a lot of houses. Very cool. So um, you're always like watching and, and, and observing. Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but usually the ones that have been doing it, you know, 30 years, that kind of thing. Do you ever uh, kind of get overwhelmed with all the things that you, you know, all your activities and... I do, yeah, which is why I like to just try and cut stuff out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, 
And in terms well, yeah, of, sort of management and performance, because obviously you're juggling many balls, it sounds like. Have yeah. you got any tips for people, um, KPIs, how to track, you know, progress in these companies? Are there kind yeah. of go-to reports that you're always yeah. getting from, you know? Yeah, man- management accounts. So the, the bookkeeper would create, our accounts department create management accounts for every company. Yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> I'm obviously also a sort of... Um, portfolio manager or an asset manager and by the way it was very kind of you to say we have a thousand units we don't um <clears throat> what i have done is you know we, we had a program where we bought i've got i've got the i just like the exact numbers to yeah, be but, yeah um it's quite important to me and um, we bought 429 sort of houses and flats with investors we had an equity stake um and we ended up sort of managing those Rob and I, once we're done, we'll have about 350 tenants, something like that, in our own portfolio that's yes. sort of separate. Uh, and we manage about 800, 850 units right, from right, okay. tenants from this building. Yes. yes. Uh, the, Is yeah. that including the new development you're doing now, or developments in Peterborough? Or? No, the, no, the management numbers are before those. Right, okay. Um, so, so you may have, <clears throat> may have a thousand very shortly then. Yeah, I think we will under yeah. management. Yeah. And obviously, we've got still got quite a few equity stakes in those clients mm-hmm. buildings as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, what I've, I've developed about just, just over 600,000 square foot of space, something like that. Um, Amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> so but, what, what is it about property that you, um, you, you love and, and, and what first made you get into property? Um, it's a really good point. I um, think you had some in the early days, didn't yeah, you? you? I, yeah, you I, tell you, I tell you what, it was Ken Burt again. Yeah. So we're about 17 and eight, 17, 18. And I remember Sam having loads of cars because he was market trading and selling all the stuff out of the factory and all sorts. And um, the his dad basically said, you need to be, you need to get a house. <laughs> And um, you know, it's about as simple as that. Yeah. You all need a house. And- if you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. And then, um, <clears throat> you know, I don't think his mum had much say in it all. And um, so I'd, I, th- I think he'd, he'd maybe moved out for a bit or whatever. Anyway, his dad found this absolute, you know, tip that needed loads of work <clears throat> in not a bad area. And I think it cost about a hundred grand, something like that, you know, trees all round it, you know, crap, all like all sorts going on <laughs> and um, really, really bad. So 
so he so he gets in there and you know they buy it and he 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 manages to buy it in his name. He's eighteen. Obviously, he's, I think his dad must have given a guarantee on the mortgage, and they use yeah. you know the company bankers or whatever. But clearly, I know now with hindsight, this was just you know Big Ken teaching teaching his son how 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 how, how to do this. Mm-hmm. So so he bought it. <clears throat> his dad's there cutting all the trees down, all this, and you know all the trades start coming in. But his dad's doing a lot of it, you know, yeah. showing. Him you can imagine putting ridiculous colors in his mum's coming in going take that out you know and all this sort of thing <laughs> absolutely hilarious and then one afternoon his dad just starts building an extension on the side of the house um you know and not small do you know what i mean good 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 size you know what i mean and and um <clears throat> puts whole kitchen on there and all this and i I'm, I'm only sort of 17 18 you know so all this happens and then i don't know what he spent on it but not not stacks um and then he ends up selling it within um oh, it must have been within three years uh for 160,000 quid 165,000 quid yeah um yeah. Now, now all right the extension must have cost a bit but nothing like it would have now because remember this is 20 years mm-hmm. ago just yeah. over 23 years ago i think this is um, the one you refer to in the book isn't it and, and I, I think it's dubious or questionable whether or not they actually had planning for it that absolutely didn't have any planning yeah. consent and he just slapped it on the side of the bed i didn't even understand what planning consent was um and and i remember saying to my you know my mate but i was like well what about planning consent? Yeah, you don't don't worry about that she's asked about it next door but it's fine i've given her what she wants so whatever <laughs> and the planning right yeah. usual hate usual heath robinson do you know, i'm not i'm not recommending that that's the way forward but you know i i think i went home and uh, oh and i told my dad at the time oh wow you can there's no way you can do that without planning consent and they'll be caught and he'll never be able to sell the house and all the rest of it and three years later surveyor turned up sale went through no problems all the money went in the bank and that was it and no and i said to him after i said what, he didn't get any trouble? He goes, no, what are you on about? You worry too much, something like this. <laughs> and now, of course, that's an extreme example, yeah. isn't it? Um, but it's not, you, there's no criminal offence there. Do you know what I mean? No. You've, 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 you've put something on that's unlawful, mm. but that, that, that is not a criminal matter. And once it's been up for four years without um, any... Um, any challenges, I guess, yeah. Any challenges or enforcement, it it becomes immune to enforcement action. Oh, so of course okay. I would never have put that in my book. Yeah. If that wasn't, hadn't been completely immune, it was immune probably almost two decades ago. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's the way the planning system works. Now, you know, am I, am I recommending you take, cause that's quite a big risk, a big, mm. a big um, extension on the side of a house. No, but you know, because if they then had to put retrospective in, not got it, the, the ultimate, sanction would have been they'd have had to have knocked it down but of course yeah. his dad could have afforded that and because he cobbled it all together and just did it himself it probably wouldn't have been a massive loss but it sort of paid off and it's there's a bit of a lesson in there do you know what i mean that <clears throat> yeah building regs you know fire absolutely do everything to the letter um planning it it, it can get very difficult do you know what i mean and um th- th- there is a bit of a you, you need to push the boundaries sometimes when, you know when you, when you said about risks do you yeah. have kind of a formula on that? Again, from a... What's a the fallback position? What happens if it all goes wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have like yeah. a high, yeah, medium, and a low? 
Well, in my head, I'm, if it goes, if it all goes wrong, yeah. and this and this and this happens, and there's always a process, there's always 18 months scrap in between, yeah. and professionals you can you can draw in, what is my fallback position? Yeah. Do you see what I mean? And what's it going to cost? And that's what goes through my head, yeah. Yeah, I think you I'd do agree. That. You I do, do similar. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah. always looking. What's the worst that's going to happen here? Yeah. And if I'm comfortable mentally with worst case scenario, then it's a no-brainer. Because yeah. a lot of the time, it just it'll work. You know, and yeah. you just got to. It's not really a risk. The risk is not doing it. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, and he sold it. I saw him make all that money. Let's say he made thirty, forty grand, um, and it all went straight in his pocket. Uh, oh, sorry, no, actually, it didn't. He was going to, but his dad being his dad was like, well, you're getting another one, you know, and then, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not selling that, you know what I mean? And probably even rang up the bank. It, I think it was AIB, it was the company bankers. And I think he told, well, you're not releasing the charge. Do you know what I mean? And just, yeah. you know, <laughs> and so then he found another one, you know, knackers, huge, but not not in a sort of great area. Not Nice looking. So then you started buy to lets, is that right? You started purchasing your yeah, buy to lets. I mean, and I watched, you know, I watched him make a lot of money very quickly. So yeah. I started buying overseas and I thought, I, you know, I, I thought in, you're always trying to, uh, how would you put it, um, circumvent the system yeah. in some ways. So, you know, I, I thought, well, this is it. Bulgaria is coming into the EU. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bratislava all that. And I went to all those places and, thought, yeah, I'll buy an apartment next to a ski lift in Bulgaria, you know, that really was worth 20, 25 grand, paid 60 for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, had it for sort of waited three, four years for it to be built. When it did get built, you know, I rented it for such a short period because there's so many of them. Mm. Clearly didn't understand. And in between, ended up at the at bloody solicitor's office 15, 20 times, no true public, just a complete nonsense, the whole yeah. thing. Um, but good example of how you do one and test it do you know what i mean yeah. and I, I didn't I, well i did one i signed up for a couple more thank god i managed to get out of those but then i went to florida as well and signed up for three there and just a complete load of nonsense and at, at the same time i was actually buying little terraces around here that a letting agent showed me and uh-huh. um, and i just realized how much sense it made um you know within a year or two <laughs> i was getting them rented all the time uh, they were going up in value. They were really worth what I was buying them for. Mm. And I just thought, you know, I, this is what I've got was to it, do. Was and this that... the property dogs, the guy that's part of the property dogs? No, it was. Yeah. yeah. Dan, it was. was it? Dan. Uh, his name was Des. Des, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Des, yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah. He, he was a good guy, actually. Yeah. He, he ended up sort of coming to some strife a few years later. He was a letting agent. But um, I've got a lot to thank him for, really. And I, I, I haven't done it, but I will see him again at some point, I would have thought. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I can I just put in on, on yeah. the terrace houses when you said yeah. that and you, you found yeah. a formula. I don't know if, yeah. I, if I'm asking this question correctly. Yeah. You found that formula. Did you then look, oh God, I've got to go and do this now. I've got to do HMOs. Or I've got to do SAs. Or I've got to do this. Or I've got to do that. Or did you think, no, this works and I'm going to continue doing it? Do you know what, Di? Because I had messed about so much with Florida bulgaria been to 10 other countries signed i'd had new builds in hampton here i had new build in leeds i'd had all this other stuff which you know had questionable results i, I was already ready for finding the thing and just cookie cuttering once i found it and rinsing and repeating because i'd been through a load of shit i wasn't ready to hear that yeah 
you know, that that was what I needed to do, but that's what I needed to do. Mm. So I just, I just cracked on doing that. Um, probably, well, I, I, obviously we were doing it initially and then we started doing it for clients. We ended up doing 429 of them and yeah. um, buying them, refurbing them and remortgaging them, you know, for, for ourselves and for clients. So I kept on doing that for probably about over 10 years. Yeah. Now, yeah. in between, I did start doing HMOs. And I, again, I took a wrong turn. I started buying HMOs in those areas where there were ex-council areas and putting, you know, putting really bad sort of LHA or people just coming out of prison. Absolutely didn't work. Had yeah. to re-refurb them all and give them to another letting agent who did manage them properly. But along the way, managed to change tack a bit, realised I need to be in the city centre, nice units, yeah. ensuited. You know what I mean? That took a few years. And and then and then I started moving into that and, and sort of linked that up with doing commercial conversions, maybe 2010. I was still doing the, the terraced houses, but then I started testing that as well. But I had a lot of years just doing the terraced houses over and over because I was so, it was the antithesis of all the messing around that I'd been doing. So it sounds well, like you've done felt, single you know? buy to let, and then the other yeah. end of the spectrum, you've gone to commercial conversion. The bits in yeah. between, you dabbled, but didn't really, it didn't really no. fit well for you, I guess. No, I mean, the HMOs work really well. Yeah. You know, a high-end one. I don't know when we st- maybe started doing those. 13, I think. For, no, probably a bit earlier. Maybe 11, something like that. I started with those. Yeah. That, that's worked really well. Um, right. And, yeah, I service accommodation we've got some i'm not major on it uh is our area the perfect area for it i don't know are our our management systems as good as they could be Uh, maybe maybe not hmo thing has worked for me and the single lets has worked so i've i've really got i think i think the thing with sa it's a business isn't it it's it's an operational business and i I can't run that so it's back to our letting agency yeah, yeah yeah and then yeah Whereas more of a, you know, your vanilla buy to let is, a, is purely sort of, it, for the most part, it's as purely passive as you're going to get. Um, exactly. Yeah, for the property world anyway. Um, what what are the common mistakes that you see people making in property? Because obviously there's a lot of people getting into property now. Um, it's clearly a very lucrative sector. Are there things that keep cropping up time and time again that you're like, oh, you should have, you know, should have been educated or... Um, well, they, they get shiny penny syndrome, yeah. like you were just saying, and they go in do too many strategies not very well um <clears throat> it's all the same stuff new build overseas off plan yeah um <clears throat> you know rarely any good any of it um unless you're developing yourself to put you know um tenants in um they screw development sites up quite a lot you know they should start small you know to get experience yeah. see where all the risks are and the control points mm-hmm uh don't get started you know spend spend all year signing up to the property ombudsman and the i you know ico and you know getting in directors indemnity insurance and all this sort of thing and don't actually do any deals yeah perfect um something that's quite topical i've i've heard a lot of conversations particularly on clubhouse and around the subject with regard to home ownership so Mm -hmm. do you think people should still own their own home or should they uh, use that capital or leverage the equity in it and to, to basically buy income generating assets and maybe pay, use that income to pay off, say, a rental on their own residential property? Yeah. 
so I hear that a lot. Um, you know, I think the first place I heard it was Robert Kiyosaki. Obviously, Grant Cardone likes to say that. Yes, as well. he does. He yeah. does. Um, <clears throat> my honest opinion is um, those guys are in America. It, there's a completely different set of rules there, mm. most of which I don't understand in terms of taxation, leverage, and various other things. So trying to apply what they're saying to this market is not not smart without that's really understanding what you're doing. I think that's the first thing. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I don't necessarily think they're wrong, but that doesn't, you know, here. I, I, I don't see any argument for doing that. So... You know, if we're really brutally honest, I, I, I spoke to my um, my wife last night who one of her friends lives in a lovely house and she was just talking to her about doing something or other. And she basically came back and said, oh, we can't do that now because our landlords issued us with 30 days notice. Now they live in a lovely house in a village just I down see. the road. Yeah. Ah. Um, and, you know, I can't, you know. So basically, you you you, you, you lose don't control, have I guess, don't you? You, 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 lose, you lose control. Yeah. You don't have security attention. Of course, I'm, you know, I'm a landlord on the other side of it. But I'm I'm just, how are you going to do any work on the building? How are you going to really make it your own? That, that's the first thing. That's a big question. True. Now, yeah, I, I'd be in support of the government changing the law so that um, people do have security tenure because. Um, you know, why wouldn't I want that as a landlord? All yeah. I'm bothered about is if they're not paying the rent or they're knackering the place, that we have a high-speed fast-track procedure to evict them. Yeah, sure. Otherwise, if they're paying and they're not breaching any of the other, you know, in fact, I don't even mind if they breach some of the conditions. I just don't want them to knacker the property or yeah. continuously upset the neighbours and just let us put the rent up at a reasonable amount yeah. over the years, then that's all cool. Um, you know, so that's the first thing. The next thing is, um, you know, we're taxed on absolutely everything, but there is no capital gains tax in this country on your own home. Yeah. So, you know, every year your home, if you look back, and it's just happened again, if you look back since I've been conscious, let's say 30 years, we've got to agree, we've got to accept that capital growth on residential properties is is got to have been over 5% a year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? So if we say it was over 5% a year, um, Let's say you've got a house, let's say, I don't know, yeah, it's 5% a year. Let's say, and this is not obviously throughout time, but at the moment, you could easily go and get a mortgage on your own home, probably at about, well, you could get one in the low 1% range, but you could, let's say you go and get a fixed rate at yeah. 2%, and you could probably get a, a seven or a 10 year fix at 2%. Mm. So you've got cost of, holding that at two percent let's say you get a 90 percent mortgage all right maybe that makes the, the interest rate two and a half percent yes yes you've got to find ten percent so that's that's the thing you've got to do you've got to go and find a ten percent deposit but the cost of holding it is two and a half percent let's say the maintenance is half a percent yeah um you're then at a cost a total cost of holding it at three percent and the market as has happened over the last 30 years has gone up five percent every year yeah. So you should be two percent better off than. Sure. Yeah, but so let's say it's not even that, like that. good. Yeah. Let's just say it's my home doesn't cost me anything. Let's yes. say the costs yeah. are five percent, and the capital growth is five percent, and then there's no tax on the capital growth. You're almost being paid yeah. to live in it, aren't you? Yeah. It's free. Yeah. The thing is free. I I can't. I've never. I've I've put that argument forward. I've never had anyone give me a reason as to 
why it isn't free. It, I, I think it is free. Yeah, yeah. good point. So, so that's that's the first thing. It's free. Whereas if you're living in it, paying rent, it's not. Yeah. yeah. Yes, you you know if you want the capital out to go and invest, I get that. But you know if you, you could get an 85, 90 percent mortgage, yeah, yeah. Um, fine. You might have to put fifty or hundred grand in, but I think it's worth saving that to be living in. A, a home that's free. B, over time, it will probably make you a lot of money tax-free yeah. over and above the 5%. Yeah, tax-free, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can do whatever work you want to it with mm. no one to answer to, no one telling you you can't do the works, and you're going to probably, as long as you do sensible work, you're going to get the benefit of that when you sell it. Yeah. Um, yeah. A great argument. So, um, Other than no, property, anything else that, I mean, that's a brilliant example, um, yeah. and obviously property is a specific asset class, are there yeah. any of the types of or classes of assets that you particularly invest? I think you're you're a stocks and shares person, aren't you? From memory. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, you know, the the bulk of the money that I would put in there. Obviously, I try and have ISA money, but all all other money that I put into equities, most of it would just go into trackers. So, you know, legal in general, all share or a Vanguard UK tracker yeah. or FTSE 100 tracker or. There's an international tracker, legal in general, I think, or an iShares one. I use Hargreaves Zanzam, maybe Vanguard, and that will pick, you know, it will create a tracker portfolio for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, when you, you, on those, you maybe get your 6 7 8% income and capital growth combined, all rolled up um, over the long term and, you know, relatively low risk. Yeah. Um, every now and again, when I have a strong feeling about a company, I'll I'll do a 20 grand on something. Do you see what I mean? So yeah. I did Lloyd's a few months ago. I just thought, you know, it's been smashed to pieces after the pandemic. And then they were putting all these impairment, you know, provisions in for all the loans that they thought were going to go bad. And the shares really went down and I just had a go. And see, you're it, always watching. Always yeah, watching. I do. I, I tell you what I do. So on my iPhone... I have, I just have the stuff that I'm always, I'm interested in. So obviously I've got the FTSE. Yeah. Tesco, I'm probably less bothered about now, but I like the stuff that really good companies that I think are going through a bit of a bad patch and it's been overdone and the media's gone on. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So I always look at the builders, but I'm I'm overweight in property anyway, so I I tend not to. Um, I'm uh, Metro Bank I was looking at for a while, but... I used them for a bit and I don't know, I, I tend to like to get to know a company and look at their behaviours as well. And I, I just thought they're a bit of a bloody basket case and I didn't have much trust. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas as a customer, whereas with Lloyd's, I see how they, I, yeah, I just see find them. The history. Yeah. I just find them as a customer to, it all makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, they, 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 they always come across as cautious and, like yeah so i don't know it's i just like, like over the, the years it's really interesting when you're talking mark because it sounds yeah. like over the years you, you just smell you, you can smell it now you you know what yeah. feels right and what doesn't feel yeah, right exactly yeah exactly that's it you feel it in your gut don't you um and, and i then, guess if you're looking to start out mark because yeah. many listeners might not be into yeah. stocks and shares and investments it, you know yeah. it's another world for them that they don't understand yeah is there a is there a kind of a go-to place where you'd recommend that they can you know that they can sort of start to get into this and have a bit of a dabble but you know uh, read the read the financial times yeah. every day right um uh to have a dabble i'd open a hargreaves lansdowne account and it'll yeah. let them do okay. everything off that platform 
um, I wouldn't put a big percentage of your wealth into individual shares. Um, it's really risky. Mm. Um, but, you know, if you've, you know, the things like at the moment, the sort of counter cyclical thing that I am quite liking is Rolls Royce. Yeah. Because they've been smashed to pieces. The shares are still low, really low compared to historical. You know, all the airline orders have fallen off a cliff. Yeah, mm. of course. It's going to come back. Yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah. And, and again, IAG, which is British Airways and Iberia and all that lot, um, I don't know, you know, there's a bit of risk there. But I would have thought if you bought, bought Rolls-Royce shares, I would have thought in five years they're going to be looking all right, you know. I would have thought it would be all right, yeah. You, know, You've got, and, um, you and Rob talk a lot about, um, you know, <laughs> savings and building personal wealth and yeah. you have your sort of pots or silo system yeah. as well. Do you mind yeah. just sharing details of how that works and any recommendations for for people on how they can well just put them into different fund groups within those platforms that i've said uh or have different savings accounts for different things Mm. uh i quite like self-insuring stuff um you know i i i I don't like insurance um you know i i'll get it on you know my house and my car because i'm sort of forced to in the portfolio Mm. yes um but generally i don't like it because I just find when I go to claim, they just spend the first little while just working out how they're not going to pay. Yeah, yeah that's always the case. Yeah. It goes away. Yeah. So, you know, and if you look at, if you just step back and look at the logic of it again, just from a really, really simple point of view, what you're doing is you're handing over money to somebody who's going to just put it in a pot. Yeah. Who's only going to be successful if they pay out less on average to all of you people giving them the money. Um, then then you give to them because that's their profit and if they don't do that they go and bust so i know it smooths everything out but it you know as an adult you're not able to do that yourself by (laughs) creating do you know what i mean creating a savings account and paying all those premiums into a savings account and just getting this huge lump of money there Mm. and you operate as the insurance company big companies are allowed to self-insure they do that yeah you know when they've got a big enough pot now of course with you know catastrophic risks you probably wouldn't do that on buildings and and you know the the, the risk would be too high and also there's a mortgage lender that's going to make you insure and with a car you've got to do it for the law and you know they do tend to pay as well it seems like the government have got them in a straitjacket but you know example I, I had a flood recently at home they're just you know trying to wriggle out of it and you know, just usual old, every time the the, the dog, do something that. wrong with their leg, they've wriggled out of that. You know, I just find it all a complete waste of money. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, so, yeah. Great so advice. there's that pot. Um, I've started Freddie's pot for school. Ah. Um, yeah. So he's nearly two and I started when he was born. I, I got him a junior ISA, but he can, he can't, we can't get that money till he's 18 and it, don't really like it because he just suddenly gets a check when he's 18 which mm. I, I i think it needs to be a deposit for a house yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course what I, what I didn't mention by the way about that house that my friend got um his dad said right what you're doing is you're going to rent all the rooms out you're taking the rent and then you pay the mortgage and then what's left over you get to keep That's so yeah. and it was brilliant and of course he copped it up picked the wrong tenants all the rest of it arguments whatever but after about the second year, he knew exactly what to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he was making all this money. Good lesson. <coughs> out of the tenants. Are you still we- friendly with him now? Are you still? Yeah. Is he still yeah. 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 Oh, so I'm going to do that with Freddie. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. So, 
um, yeah, I'm going to use, I hopefully use that deposit pot yeah. as long as it doesn't, you know, go rogue. Um, <laughs> and then, um, which I don't think he will. Um, and then the, um, yeah, school wise, you know, I want to send him to a really good school here. Um, and then, you know, on to really good sort of secondary school. So I've started putting that money in. I'm trying to just get five years there. Well, I'm at five years. Uh, I've got basically, I'm going to be, I've worked out, I'm going to be paying for 15 years, aren't I? Because I'm going to be paying from when he's four mm. until he's about 20 for yeah. university and all that. See what I mean? So yeah. I suppose it's about, it's about 16 years or something. So I want to get 16 years. I'll just keep putting it in and there's compounding returns obviously yeah. in there. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's just in trackers, but I know it will be compounding up by six or 7% a year. Yeah. That's great. And you mentioned about education. It's not something we were we're going to speak about um, or have planned to speak about, but seeing as yeah. you, you brought it up. University, what, what's your view on university? Well, if he wants to go, you know, I'm going to encourage it, of course. Yeah. I mean, I went, um, you know, I studied economics and, you know, it has helped me. You know, I, I look at a lot of stuff that happens now, you know, my love of leverage, mm. you know, which yeah. is why I love property so much, one of the reasons, you know, getting getting money out of a bank so that you've only got a little bit left in and your return is basically the income as a percentage of the money you've left in, all that stuff. You know, I <clears throat> inflation, um, what the government's doing, printing money, all that stuff. You know, I took macroeconomics. I, um, I did sort of international business economics modules, um, microeconomics, all that stuff. That's helped me. Yeah. Um, so I'm not one of these people that just says, oh, it's all a load of rubbish. You just got to crack on and, and um, not go to school or university and, and, and start a business. Because, you know, if I'm really honest, I had the benefit of a good education, even yeah. though I didn't yeah. put it to the use that I should have done. That was the issue, really. That's why I didn't, you know, that's probably one of the reasons I'm in business, because if I'd done really well, I'd, I'd have, I went on a graduate scheme, but, you know, it was with a big sort of fresh meat producer. Do you see what I mean? Yes. If I'd ended up as working for an investment bank in London, like I probably wanted to, yeah. uh, I may I probably wouldn't have gone into business, would I? Probably so not, no, true. you would have gone down a different route, yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to give Freddie the opportunity of that if he wants to do that. Um and then if he can marry that with business, that would obviously be my dream. But yeah, I think that's good. I know, you've got to let them do what they want to do, exactly. what, what, yeah. what they love, you know. I mean he's obviously got some, you know, significant buildings which are gonna need this whole thing's gonna need running. Now, you know, I don't want to tell him that, that, that he's suddenly going to be able to do that, but you know, I'd like to get him into that. Yeah. Mm, of course, um, continue the legacy, right? Yeah, and yeah. If, if he can go to university, you know, at A level, if he can, you know, and get him doing some business and some economics courses, you know, if I sit in a room now with other people who've had a load of years in business, and some some of these guys that have got big businesses, a lot of them don't have much education. They've done bloody well. But some of the stuff, you know, they'll say stuff and it goes through my head and I think you just don't get the mm. basis of that, do you? Yeah. Because you didn't, you, you just didn't ever learn that. Do you see what I mean? And yeah. The foundation, yeah. The foundation of it all. Um, um, and, and some of the successes may be more down to luck than judgment at the end of the day, just depending well, on... Well, well, I'll tell you where they look. I don't know. I'll tell you where they look comes from. The perseverance. The, Again, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, not giving up i mean the really successful ones that i know they've been at it 30 40 50 years mm. and just not just refuse to really give up so uh but of course 
maybe maybe the ones with the education that have done that have done it all in 20. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Great. Okay, so moving on, we've got more of a, a, a fun section fun now. now. This is the uh, quick fire trivia, this or that. So yeah. um, basically, we're going we're gonna to give you two different options and you yeah. have to pick which of the two you, it would be your preference. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to kick this off. So Ferrari or Lamborghini? Um, it's, Ooh, that's, oh. so, <laughs> that's so model specific, isn't it? Yeah, true. Uh, v, probably V8 Ferrari V12 Lamborghini. Okay, okay, good. This, yeah. this is a little bit from the book, BMW or Mercedes? I'd probably have to say BMW just because I was just obsessed with them until I was, I don't know, in my mid-20s, I would have thought, yeah. I just loved the straight six engine and, yeah. <laughs> So BMW, although I tried a G-Wagon last week, which I absolutely loved. Yeah. And um, I don't know, I sort of thought maybe that, that might be my little... That might be your reward. Might be my reward. Yeah. But of course, yeah. they all want, they all want, they all, you know, topping it up 90 grand. Or whatever. But I've got a mate who wants to sell it. And, and they've offered him, you can imagine they've offered him trade, not very yeah. much. But yeah. he's, he wants to sell it in a year. And I borrowed it off him last week. And I've already said I'll buy it off you. And... I'll give you more than the dealer. And he's like, well, you know, yeah, when I get my, so I'll probably just do that. Do you know what I mean? And have his off him and then just change the wheels, you know, because it just makes me feel sick. Yeah. If I go and do that, if I go and just go and buy something and put 20 grand's worth of, mar- pay 20 grand more than I know it's bloody worth. Mm. I get in it every morning and just be like, oh. I don't like it. Yeah. So I'm not going to enjoy it. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. yeah, this one I think I know the answer to this, but I'll ask anyway. So, Ariel Atom or Catrum Seven? Yeah, definitely Atom. Easy yeah. that because I mean, my dad got me into Catrums and Westfield especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, he never bought one, but we used to go to the Westfield factory and he'd constantly get test drives off them and you know just basically wind them up. Um, you know, and a friend had an aerial Atom supercharged one, and when I drove it, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. And then what happened? We we got one because a pal of mine who sells boats, he had a trade-in. It was an aerial atom. It was non, non-supercharged. So we bought it as a trade-in, four of us. <laughs> um, and, and we bought it for, and we sold it for the same money we bought it for, like three years later because we wow. got it for yeah. a lot of money. But it wasn't supercharged. And there's such a big difference with the, the talk. So Rob bought us one for Christmas, a supercharged aerial atom, which I've not driven yet. Did he put um, a nice big bow around it? And leave it on the driveway or, or not. He didn't put a bow around it, but he didn't tell me. Yeah. And he just said, you need to come over this afternoon. You'll want to come. Oh, what a great um, surprise. You'll want to yeah. come. <laughs> yeah, and Gemma just sat in the car and he opened the thing. There's this bloody atom there. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Definitely. <clears throat> um, watches or fine wines? For investment? Yeah. 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 Definitely watches. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Definitely. I'll tell you why. A uh, few reasons. Obviously, I've got a business partner that knows a lot about them, which yeah. clearly is a massive benefit yeah. because, you know, what he knows about watches, I uh, neither of us know that much about fine wine and he knows loads about watches. So I'm obviously going to buy way better watches and from the right sources because he's got two or three dealers that he's always talking to. So I haven't got as much work to do. Um, but even if I didn't have him, you store them. They don't go bad like fine wine. Yeah. yeah. You store them wherever. 
if there's a flood, it doesn't matter usually. Yeah. Whereas with the fine wine, it's probably all knackered. Mm. If the fine wine gets too hot, it's all knackered. Um, I think buying the right watches, I've watched him. I think we've done better out of the watches than I, I sometimes I've gone fine and rare and look at, you know, the prices of stuff. And I, I'm not convinced that, you know, from what I can see, the, a lot of the houses in France, have, they've, they've sort of got ahead and they're, they're releasing them at such high prices now on Premier that they've taken the margin out of it. Yeah. Of course, there's loads of, you know, aftermarket what bottles you can buy, but I don't have someone who really, really knows their, their stuff, you know? Yeah, makes sense. Saying, just, good, yeah. Isn't it? It's the knowledge. You've got to have a knowledge. Yeah. So, of course, I've got, I've, you know, I can cheat a bit. I've got Rob, haven't I? Yeah. He, he obsesses over watches because that's what he just, lo he loves staring uh, at his phone, looking at all stuff that's being released. So, of course, I'm going to tap into that. Um, and if you want to buy watches, you just want to ask him what to buy, and he'll just tell you straight away. What? Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely watches. watches. Cool. Yeah. Apple or Android? Ah, oh, Apple. Yeah. 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 And like me too. <laughs> yeah. It just. It's still they do go wrong, of course, but they go wrong a lot less. And you know, this sounds inconsequential, but the the ability for me to open my Mac. And to start working immediately mm. because I've got all this other nonsense going around. And, and yeah. the fact that it is a lock system, I used to think, oh, means you can put a lot less offer on it. I love it because actually all I want is mail, safari, yeah. calendar, no a few other things to go quickly and yeah. to work well rather than have a thousand things going on that with a little wheel going like that and yeah. everything breaking all the time. Not interested. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So definitely Apple. Yeah. For that. Tea uh, coffee. Tea Definitely coffee uh, because, you know, uh, if I have it in the morning, it probably wakes me up a bit. Yeah. yeah. Further, probably further taste as well. I don't drink tea, really. Are you Pepsi or Coke? Or does it not matter? Yeah, it probably doesn't matter to me. I think Pepsi tastes better, doesn't it? Yeah. But funny that. Pepsi tastes better, but I probably would take Coke off the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> that's all down to the marketing, right? That's the marketing. That's marketing. Yeah. What yeah. the brand's done. Yeah. yeah. I don't drink it, really. Well, that's, that's um, the phrase that they use. Um, best known beats best. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they've done to me. Yeah. yeah. But I, I really rarely have it. Yeah. Just all the sugar. Yeah. I, you know, if I'm going to have sugar, just let me have chocolate or... Oh, um, yeah. yeah. I yeah, don't need to waste it all on something I'm not that bothered about. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're on a bit of a fast food tip here with the questions, so uh, apologies in advance. KFC or Burger King? Uh, KFC. I used to work there. Um, <laughs> so that was my first job here, just down there. I was thinking about it the other day on London Road. Um, I was in there when I was 19. Yeah. And I was there every Saturday for football. And um, cooking the chips and dips. And, it's it's and, funny because yeah. Kurt and I always always wished we'd worked in somewhere like KFC or McDonald's. And yeah. the reason for that is because surely you get uh, accustomed to systems and processes. Mm. Well, there were. There were a lot of systems. But I mean, if I'm really honest, did they follow them all? No. But yes, uh, there were. It, it was full of all that. Um, and, you know, it was bloody hard. I'd get yeah. in there at 12 o'clock and I'd work all the way through to 8pm and it was just bloody hard. Uh, they paid me four pound fifty an hour. And McDonald's were paying like three quid. Yeah, and it just—I don't know—I was getting a lot more money. I'd just have a fillet tower burger for every lunchtime. So, 
you know, and you'd have it all for no money. So now if I want a burger and there's a KFC, I'd always go and get a fillet tower burger or yeah. go and get some some hot wings, you know what I mean, or something <laughs> like that. And so, yeah, are, are you Costa or Starbucks, or does it not matter? I know which one no, Rob is. Yeah, I think we're yeah, Definitely Rob Starbucks, isn't. definitely. Yeah. yeah, I don't like the richness of the Costa coffee as much. Yeah. yeah. I think the environment in a Starbucks is way beyond the Costa. I don't know why, but just the layout, the music they put in, the feeling I get in there, the mugs, um, I, I just think they've developed it. Yeah. I, yeah, I think they have. I think... Costa obviously is a great thing that came out of Whitbread. You know, it it's the new version of I can't remember those old bloody tea rooms they used to have, and they were probably Whitbread. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. You just see, obviously they've developed it and they brought it off the Costa family. I remember my ex used to make a lot of the coffee for them. So um, I just I don't know. I just I, I I I like Starbucks better. But Rob, I think the dosing. I think there's a higher dose of caffeine in Costa coffee, yeah. generally, uh-huh. um, or in a cappuccino, and it's that that Rob's talking about. It's yeah, that's the, the, that's he, got, he has his extra shot, and it's exactly the right amount, so it makes him feel exactly how he wants to for yeah. the X amount of time. He may as well just eat a couple of bloody coffee beans, the right amount. Of <laughs> you know what I mean? I've said this. He's like, oh no, it has to be Costa. You know, we have it whenever we go anywhere around the world. He's he's looking for the Costa, and he's like, oh, and I'm like, well. <laughs> All you need to do is work out what, What's how much that? caffeine there is. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Get, and then maybe take it with you, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's the reason he's into it. Yeah. I'm not even sure it's the taste of the coffee he's that bothered about. Yeah. He'll, he won't be happy with me saying all this. I mean, one year. He'll, he'll not watch yeah. it, don't no, worry. No, he won't watch it. No, well, the, one year the PA packed up a big suitcase and put a, a, coffee, a, a, a coffee machine in it with a load of, you know what I mean? Because we were going somewhere remote, um, and that, I, I don't think the dosing was correct on that. So <laughs> I don't feel, you know, ten o'clock. I don't feel right, you know. <laughs> so um, they've got him hooked. It's it's a drug, yeah. and um, you know, any any anything in life where you've got you're selling, you know, re- you're getting repeat business because you've got people basically hooked on a drug. Sure. Yeah. He's a great business, and that that's that's what coffee is, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, they're all hooked on caffeine. Yeah, yeah. mine's chocolate for sure. Yeah, so yeah, what a great business, a legal business, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like an next one. Easy one because I can see your photo. Cats or dogs? Uh, I, yeah, I, I like Labradors. Um, yeah, we used to have a lot of cats, but um, you know, she's just like she didn't do anything wrong, and you know, just. Totally obedient and um, nice, and Freddie winds her up, and he hasn't pulled her tail yet, but he pulls her fur, and yeah. Yeah. you know, drives his Thomas into her at high speed, and she darts out of the way, and when she gets hit, she just sort of goes like that, and you're like, it's just an angel. And my friend's got a Labrador, very similar age, same thing, just yeah. not nice, nice yeah. yeah, really good and clever, you know, yeah. Um, so, I, you know, cats don't. Yeah. We, we oh, used to have loads when I lived with my parents and you can't tell them to do anything and they're sort of... Um, it's all on their terms, they isn't it? It's all on their yeah. terms, yeah. 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 They, what, what are they there for? I know you can... But everything is on their terms whereas the dog's just waiting for the next instruction, you know. Yeah. I, I think I know the answer to this one. Uh, Bytelet or SA? 
Yeah, for me, single lets and um, HMOs, yeah. Beach or pool? Yeah, that's a funny one. Um, I suppose probably beach, but because I always go away with Gemma, actually she's completely converted now into being around the pool because... Yeah, me too. No I'm sand and... No yeah. sand. Yeah, and I, I, I love going in the sea. I grew up doing that in Asia and... Oh, yeah. She'll just think everything in there is going to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> and the last two girlfriends I've had have both thought the same thing. Yeah. Hotel or villa? Totally down to, if it's Gemma and I, hotel. Yeah. Uh, um, we will probably every year have one now. Whereas if we take Freddie, either her sister and sister's boyfriend come along or my parents, and then we're usually in a villa. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sandbanks or Santa Prey? Definitely Saint Tropez. Yeah. Um, we, we've been to Saint Tropez like I don't know, probably five years on the trot. It's very uh, expensive. It's certainly, I used to go as a kid, and and, and it was ridiculously expensive back then. It isn't cheap, and yeah. I never enjoy that part of it. But mm. Gemma absolutely loves it. I some of my favourite restaurants are there. Um, I we we've got this little boutique hotel that it's just a little hotel and that's 350 quid a night and in high season 500 and you're like how Ouch, but yeah. it is yeah um but it's just so cool I, I just really like it you know and then um yeah sandbanks we went there this last summer um stayed there sort of on that that, that, that road yeah. that, that yeah, comes that out not quite on the end yeah. um in the bay Still apparently sandbanks, which um, I'm sure they've been stretching the border all the way down. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, the price of the a, houses, they're probably re reclaiming the land. It's <laughs> more cost-effective to do that, I imagine. Well, they seem to demolish them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll reclaim the land into the sea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd work, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was lovely. We, we, a few friends, went. We stayed in a really big house that had been refurb. And, but I wouldn't spend my summer there. I, I want proper heat. Yeah, you know, you've got the sun, uh, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So, I want to go to yeah. Mallorca or south of France. Um, yeah, a lot of it's about what the hotel or villas like, and that often yeah. if I get a bit of a deal, you know, we go to the Maldives a lot, and then um, that's because I can use po either Hilton points, yes, or, or Marriott points, stay in a place that would normally be <laughs> eight hundred, a thousand pound a night, and basically stay there for just points. Yeah, and yeah you brilliant. That it. feels good. Yeah, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. So. This last one we went on, I used, I think it was about 800,000 Hilton points. I got us a nice size villa, for just Gemma, myself and Freddie. Um, the villa was 1,700 quid a night. Um, so it was for 10 nights um, with the, they, they insist on you taking the private yacht. It was 20 grand. And um, I used all Hilton points that I transferred over from a Virgin card um, and all I paid them for was the yacht transfer, which was ridiculous. It was, I don't know, 500 quid each. Yeah. But it basically cost a thousand quid for Amazing. 10 yeah, And breakfast was like 100 quid each. Oh, my um, God. But, but I was Hilton Gold. Um, so free breakfast every day. Um, and the breakfast was unbelievable. It was the best breakfast I'd yeah, ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so all you're left with then is one meal a day, which is basically 150 quid a couple outrageous um so we yeah we did a few of those but you know to me that 
that then informed where we were going. See what I mean? Because I can do Hilton points in that Waldorf Astoria in Maldives. So I do a bit of that. I've got another one lined up for Maldives in two years' time. I've ju- almost got enough points. Again, it's 800,000. It's a ri- It's a new one they're just building. So they, they've never that booked up a yeah, year yeah. ahead. And they, they're building a Ritz-Carlton. And you just know it's going to be two grand a night for a big pillar. Um, and they upgraded us because if you if you get Hilton, I'm now Diamond and I'm Marriott Titanium or whatever. <laughs> they, they they put you in a suite and you get free breakfast. And it all sounds a bit petty, but I'll never pay for a suite. You know, yeah. to me, hotel room, the limit is three hundred pounds a night. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I just and I just enjoy the holiday a lot more. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so that's right. what I do today. Yeah. Okay, so next one. Blonde, or, blonde or brunette? This is my one. Oh, I see. Um, <laughs> be very uh, careful now. <laughs> well, I, I'd i say I've mainly been out with blondes. Um, yeah, so maybe. But I don't, I, you know, I I don't know. I think I think Gemma, Gemma's really brunette, I think. I mean, she says she's blonde, but I think she's really <laughs> I've got loads of pictures of her yeah. being brunette when we first started going out. So, yeah, sort of in the middle, really. I think it's yeah. women's secrets. Yeah. It's best not to yeah. delve too deeply yeah. into those things. Yeah. I think I know the answer to this one. Summer or winter? Definitely summer, summer now. Yeah. Because I get, I, I feel, I feel. T- I mean, this winter, I, I, there were periods where I just felt absolutely terrible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in the end, actually, I, I I I don't always sleep that well. So I read. There's a brilliant book. I've read two great ones recently. One's called Sleep Smarter, uh, and the other one is um, by Max by Max Mosley, a doctor uh, about sleep. They're they're two brilliant books. Um, and I realised I I was spending too long inside. Obviously, the fact that there's no sun was no not enough vitamin e was the core of why i was feeling so bad mm. and i always do during the winter but i felt really bad this year because i couldn't go away um so i just started walking to get my lunch and then every day when there was any sunshine i went and sat in the supermarket car park with the window down with the sun coming in just eating my lunch or on my laptop to yeah, get sun on my face get the vitamin D. Uh, yeah. yeah and then we did manage to go to dubai for six days when there was that little window just before he locked everything down and we were in living we live in rutland so we're in tier two so we're allowed to go yeah and i can't tell you within three days i just felt amazing just being there yeah so it's obviously was that again yeah so for that reason i love skiing but oh my god i get sad so bad and the light box sort of helps me but not enough yeah not really are you alcohol or soft drink i drink a lot of soft drinks actually i on a Friday or Saturday, I might have a few glasses of rosé. I only, I only drink Provence rosé, really. Yeah. I don't really drink anything else. I'm not. I don't really like the taste of alcohol. I don't think. Mm. Uh, apart from I like, yeah, I'll drink Provence rosé. That's it, really. Right. Yeah. So with the sleep, are you an early bird or a night owl? Uh, now, definitely early. I get up. These books have really got me on it. Six a.m. Yeah. every morning, the alarm goes off, and I get out of bed. And it, root- it just holds me in the routine. Yeah. Um, and then if I need to do work, or I've got to think, I do it then. Uh, first thing, staying up late is really bad for my system. Yeah. yeah. And it, it can screw me up for three or four days with my whole sleep pattern. Not good. Last one on the um, this or that. So physical or audio book, what's your preference? Definitely audio. Yeah. Always, always. Because I can listen to it in the car. 
and mm. it just feels less of a chore. Leverage your time. Yeah. 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 I, I do have to concentrate because as soon as my mind starts to wonder, I, I've then not taken it in. I, and I realise that afterwards and I have to go back over it all. But yeah, I, I find it so much easier, audio. Right. So we've just got a couple of questions on personal and future. I think this kind of ties in well to what you know what you've been saying about what you're doing at the moment. You know, you've got so much on, uh, and you're working hard and long hours. I guess is how do you switch off? What, you know, what do you do in your, your free time? What is it? Is it just sitting there having a cup of tea, or is it going for a walk? Or um, I like taking Freddie to the park. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so he goes on the swings. Obviously, I'll, I'll run an ex or exercise every morning first thing. So half an hour, I either I, I rotate it, I run, or I do my circuit training, or I go on my peloton. Those three things yeah, every yeah. day. I do that. Um, I sometimes I go out for a drive in the car. Um, I used to go and fly the heli- uh, fly a helicopter. Oh, God, you know, yeah. and that was quite good for just getting my mind out of what was going on. But none of that in the last year. Yeah, I, you can imagine the CIA just turned. I mean, they turn it into a. A, a chore anyway mm. with all the paperwork but they've really turned it into a chore do you know what i mean so yeah. you're like i just can't be bothered with all this nonsense and it doesn't help the fact that one of the students totaled the bloody four-seater into into the ground as well that's the second one so i, I they haven't got a four-seater now because i think the owner's like do you know what i'm <laughs> just going done, to go and have with all this do you know what i mean yeah uh, so yeah um what else do you, do you have any hobbies or anything specifically? Or, um, yeah, what do I like doing? Um, obviously, I have all my point stuff. That's my travel is my hobby. Yeah, yeah I guess get, getting a deal. Right? I really enjoy all that. Um, yeah, my points and travel. That's that's Thank probably you. one of my biggest hobbies. So you mentioned uh, just to just to go back to Freddie, you mentioned that um, you know you're probably going to get in, into buying a property or using that money to as a deposit. Is there anything yeah. else that you um, would give advice or um, recommend that he gets into as he's growing up? Well, he needs to understand investing. You know, the concept of investment. Yeah, and exchange of money and um, you know, commerce and trade. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, I want to get him into all that sort of thing. Yeah, I want to get him earning money. Apparently, there's this app or whatever it is you can use to give them money when they do certain chores and things like that. I, that's what I really want to instill in him. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. And this might be a hard question to answer. When's when's it when's it going to be enough? When are you going to kind of slow down or, or have a back seat and kind of you know sit there and go, wow? look at what we've done, look what we've achieved, or are you just going to keep going, Mark? Well, um, I don't, I mean, once we've finished this round, you know, of stuff we've got going on, we'll have, in our own portfolio, we'd have 350 tenants, which, you know, that feels, it, it's enough, especially as we've just been through a pandemic, do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and I've seen, th- these are the times that really, it's where the rubber meets the road and, and think there's huge shifts, aren't there? So I've got, I've got two mates, um, one who's got a load of shops in a local town, maybe 50 of them. And I remember when this happened on that rent quarter in March last year, I think they got 15% of the rent that they were due. Blimey. Yeah. And I've got another mate who's got a load of bars, you know, hotel, you know, restaurants, all those. And, 
you know, pubs. Yeah. A few of them are paying. And then I think a few months ago, he just basically said, none of them are paying. Do you know what I mean? Whatsoever. And I thought about, you know, our residential portfolio. And actually, they're, they're probably, you know, paying at a similar rate to what they were the year yeah. before. Yeah. 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 Which is, I guess, all of our experience. So, you know, what, what was that? Was that through luck or judgment? Well, I'd say it was more luck. Oh, well, all right. Residential is generally less. It is less risky. We, we all know that. And in the last recession, definitely it was all the, a lot of the commercial buildings that got here harder as, as always happens. But next time it could be something different, couldn't it? Mm. Well, it will be something different. Yeah. The next recession won't be like this one. No. The point is different businesses get affected in different ways you don't know what the next recession brings you don't know what's going to cause it so surely now might be the time for us to diversify into other tenant types yeah. i'm not saying i'm definitely doing that i'm not holding myself to that because of course as soon as i see a deal or whatever then i but you know am i going to be able to stop doing property no but you know maybe, maybe i do some industrial or yeah. you know or i mean we've you know with with these we've we've got a couple of retail in the town centre that's come off the back of these developments. The rent hasn't dropped yet, but the rent around them has dropped since we've had it a bit, had them a bit. A uh, couple of values have dropped a little bit. Would I want too much retail now? Probably not, but maybe it's reaching the bottom anyway. Um, for conversion, fine. Offices, we've got three here. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know, offices are going to be... Pretty no, no plans to buy the John Lewis <laughs> <laughs> building in Peaceborough then. So here, that's going to be that, empty soon. That's bad news. Yeah. I mean, you can imagine they've all kicked off. And I've had it from so many people. They're like, that's the only reason I'm going to Queensgate. Yeah. Not, I don't know. I, you know, I just hope it doesn't turn into a bloody jumble sale. But I, you know, we've obviously got B&M beneath. And, um, you know, there's, which thankfully I've sold. Yeah. Um, you know, but I can just see it. The likes of being TK Maxx have moved from next door, where 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 our development is, and they've gone into Queensgate into the shopping centre, yeah, mm. because one of the others has gone. Well, John Lewis goes. Well, it, the next one to go and it'll be B and M or or yeah. one of those off the more secondary streets. And then, do you see what I'm saying? So now in there they've got a Primark, they've got a, you know, they've got a H and M, they've got, you know, you can see the B and M going in there, and it just turns into a bloody cut price jumble sale isn't yeah. it and unless they do um which is what they're doing in, in reading so house of fraser is going in reading and they're making that more into a a leisure building so there's bowling and cinema going in there i believe and then restaurants well they're building a massive cinema on the roof at the moment eighty thousand square foot all the steels there they've started before the pandemic right. and extending the shopping center now maybe that works i hope i jet i really hope it works yeah but um you know, I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe they do just get it sorted. But I, yeah. I you know, John Lewis was, oh, you know, that was the anchor tenant in Queensgate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the it was the Debenhams or the House of Fraser, or the um, you know, the Selfridges. Yeah. You know, and uh, and it's it's been here. It's I think it's been here probably since that centre was was built. Yeah. And uh, it's, you know, I think the town is very upset about it. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Okay, so final question: Have you got any remaining goals or ambitions? Anything for the bucket list or anything that outstanding you'd like to achieve? Um, hmm. I don't. I probably. 
I don't know. I probably don't, you know. Yeah. I wanted to get our rental income up to a sort of certain level. I think we just just about get in there. Um, I did my two marathons. Which ones did you helicopter. do? Um, did Which London one? Marathon did twice. You do? Yeah, I did the London. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. 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 Um, um, I suppose there's more places I want to travel to. Mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got a list of those, which, um, you know, I don't know. I haven't done much sort of boating, really. I, I, don't, boating I don't really want to. I'm a boating person. I really want to own one, but I think Gemma and I are booking on a, um, it's almost like it's a 300 cabin, looks like a big super yacht. Um, it's Ritz Carlton are building their own. They're, they're small cruise ships, but oh, they look the like yeah. it's, it is a bit like that. I'd say it's that model, yeah. but it looks like a private yacht. Sorry, it looks like a super yacht or a mega yeah. yacht. Yeah, it's about 400 foot. Yeah. Um, wow. Doesn't look like a cruise ship. And it's got all the stuff on the back and all this. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. so I'm quite looking forward to a bit of that. I'm not, they haven't launched it yet. So yeah, there's been a lot of delays. So I'm going to book when I see it's in the water and yeah. roll it around. That, that's so. definitely champagne lifestyle and less of the lemonade money, I would say. <laughs> yeah. I, the way I rationalise it is I've got a mate and we were, they, they want to get this boat and, you know, been talking about it for, and I don't know, maybe it's, let's say it's 40, 50 foot. And I just keep looking at it and thinking, oh God, I'm going to have all the hassle and all the maintenance and all the rest of it. And then yeah. probably a squabble with HMRC over it. And I, I just, and this thing is there, it's all, all catered. And it, the rooms are really nice. Not like, you know, you look at a lot of the, I don't know, look at the Regent sort of, you know, and you're like, well, you know, it's not that nice inside, is it? Do you know what I mean? Um, This looks amazing. You know, all done, 8,000 quid without any of the... Yeah, all the maintenance maintenance and all the hassle. So that's how I'm rationalising that one. That's great. Model. But yeah, and and it's Ritz-Carlton, so it's Marriott. So I've... I did a little mattress run um, to to Luton. Um, there's a what you do you pick the cheapest um, Marriott property in the country yeah. to get your the amount of nights to the level you need to get to and to, to get you into the the right um, membership tier. So I did I did 15 nights at the Luton Courtyard. Um, yeah, uh, it's low end, isn't it? Yeah, courtyard. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was 44 pounds a night. Yeah. Um, and and this year they're doing double, uh, d- double nights. You know, it's a promotion because no one's travelling. Yeah. So it took me straight up to Marriott Titanium, which is <laughs> yeah, 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 which is about four tiers up. And it all sounds a bit, you know, whatever. But if you go on that ship, they're not completely obliged to, but they should upgrade you to a suite, which yeah. is probably another four thousand quid, um, and. Uh, you know, a load of other stuff like breakfast and, you know, late checkout and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? So, you know, just sort of rolling the model out a bit, you know. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Okay, so Mark, thanks very much for taking the time to um, be interviewed today. It's been been fascinating. It's been really insightful on on your character and and how you just keep going and make it happen. That's my takeaway, Mark. And I'm, I'm going to keep that because you know when you have those days and you think, oh my god, I can't do yeah. this. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So you've given yeah. me something back today. I've really mm. seen that. So thank you. And if one, people want to sort of follow you online, are there any um, channels, social media channels that you keep, you know, posting yeah, on, today? Uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram yeah. and Twitter. And um, my podcast is Mark My Words. Yes. I probably don't do as many as I should. But, um, yeah, they're there. And I do update them uh, every now and again, yeah. That's brilliant. Okay, so um, thanks again, Mark. You've been absolutely amazing. I've been Kurt. And I've been Di. Thanks for listening. And if you found this useful, be sure to subscribe to the Back to Business podcast. Thank you. Appreciate you both very much. And uh, I've really enjoyed this.